Good morning. It's time for Awaken with Dr. Joe and Mark Hullcraft. Awaken airs the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with the executive director of Real Presence Radio, Mark Hullcraft, and his brother, Dr. Joe Hullcraft, professor and director of the High Calling Program at the Avila Institute. Together with a mix of national and local personalities, connecting examples in church history, contemporary relevance, and lively witness of the saints, Mark and Joe will share how the Holy Spirit is working to awaken in all of us a deeper sense of what we are made for, a life in Christ. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Radio's Awaken. I am Mark Holcraft, joined by Dr. Joseph Holcraft in Ohio. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Mark. It's great to be with you, brother. Good to be with you, too. Thank you. You know, I uh, I feel like every time we start, Joe, I give him a little weather report because I, I yeah. my mind drifts <laughs> to the windows outside, you know, but, but we're excited here in a very simple way is we've received rain. <laughs> we've received Amen. rain. You know, and not to go too much on the title of the show, Awaken, but it, it really has uh, awakened the hearts of a lot of our listeners. Just the people in the community are so thankful sure. uh, all over the Real Presence Video Network. Um, and it's just been needed. You know, the Lord provides for our needs when we ask, and the truth be told, Joe, there have been many people, I know, many priests offering up special masses uh, to have rain for our crops and mm. for a, a good harvest Amen. because it's so central to our livelihood here. You know, and this is this is maybe not a bad thing. We're you know we're drawn to our knees, huh? Amen. And gosh, Mark, we we have spent the last oh how long four or five months now reflecting into the importance and um, power of intercessory prayer. Right, so timely to, to be talking about this. Um, no doubt, prayer works, and intercessory prayer works. And I don't know if there's anything more powerful than the offering up of the Eucharist for something specific. So amen to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I know of priests that were doing some 40-hour devotionals uh, with wow. exposition uh, for this. Yeah, it was, wow. you know, on the one hand, you could say it was that bad. Uh, it was that needed. Um, but again, I mean, just putting Jesus at uh, the central point. And let's do that. Joe, let's begin this morning with prayer. And amen. Jesus at the center, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you for how you provide for our needs, spiritual and material. We just ask, please continue to pour into our hearts the desire to ask. Lord, teach us to pray and teach us to go to you in all things, through all things, for all things. And Mother Mary, we we look and we revel in your goodness today as we celebrate your nativity. Uh, Please shed your guiding hand, draw us closer to your Son. Mother, we, uh, we ask for your intercession. I'm, I'm going to quote St. Bernard of Clairvaux. In dangers, in difficulties, in doubts, I will always think of you, O Mary. I will always call on you. May your name, O Virgin Mary, be always on my lips and never leave my heart. In order that I may obtain the help of your prayers, grant that I may never lose sight of the example of your life. Following you, O Mary, I shall not go astray. Thinking of you, I shall not err. If you support me, I shall, not, I shall not fall. If you protect me, I shall have nothing to fear. If you accompany me, I shall not grow weary. If you look upon me with favor, I shall reach the port. So we look to you, Mary, to be our guide, to accompany us on this journey, help, him to, help to awaken our hearts. 
We pray all this in and through the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. So good. Joey, you know, kind of a cool moment. So that, um, I, we prayed to, with the intercession of St. Bernard to, our, er, to Jesus, the intercession of Mary. But that's St. Bernard, known for a great Marian devotion. Um, but that's, uh, that's a shout-out also from your boss, Mr. Dan Burke. Uh, I mm. appreciate some of his reflections. Um, mm. He has great reflections, and that was one of them. And I really yeah. just, uh, I felt drawn to it just with Our Lady. Um, sure. Locally here, Joe, we, we just sent out, in fact, in many of our homes today, they should be receiving the newsletter from uh, Real Presence Radio. And in it, for, for me, for my part, I was led with a reflection to Our Lady, the, uh, the Nativity, her Nativity today. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, and you know how it is when you, when you dive into something, you dive into whether it's you're going to be speaking on something or you're going to write a little extra or the Holy Spirit is just guiding you in prayer and you kind of realize, you know, I think I need to spend time with this. The more you dive, sure. into, the more you dive into it, especially if you're in a position that you're going to be teaching or talking about it, the more you learn, you know? And so um, uh, Mary, Mary's nativity, I don't know that I've really spent that much time thinking about it uh, and thinking hmm. about her uh, in that capacity, in that context. You know, uh, you think about the Immaculate Conception. Uh, I've prayed on that many times, and I, God willing, will continue to. But her nativity was a bit of a new moment for me, and that was awesome. Yeah. It's interesting as you talk about that, Mark. I have found as a teacher of the faith that, um, you know, I'll be asked to teach on something I might not be as familiar with, right? And the beautiful blessing is that I find myself, you know, doing some investigation, uh, investigation that I wouldn't have done otherwise on a personal level, right. but only because I'm teaching it. And then what I discover is um, that I'm benefiting it, uh, benefiting from the teaching more than than maybe <laughs> those who are yeah. receiving the teaching. But then the reality is you're taking ownership of it, right? And certainly the witness of 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 taking ownership of the faith. Um, ought to always shine through when you're teaching on that particular truth. So it's it's one of those hidden blessings, right? That that God gives us, um, and it comes through. I think especially true uh, when it comes to the, uh, the the liturgical year and a day like today, yeah. right? The, the the birthday of Mary, where we are made to to ponder. Uh, these beautiful realities and, and, and these beautiful teachings. Well, and, and, you know, and we've talked about this before, you know, of course, the Marian disposition to ponder these things and, you know, she pondered these things in her heart. You know, mm. Joe, and it's so interesting uh, how devotion uh, leads to becoming more of a student and learning and then how learning be- leads to and fosters a greater devotion to how those two play yeah. on each other. Um, yeah. And I think this is just as true as Scripture. And I'm going to use that as our transition, Joe. <laughs> uh, sure. It's just sure. as true as Scripture. You know, um, you and I were talking, you know, and in it you talked about, we were talking about the questions that Jesus poses in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, let alone just the general context of when God asks a question. You mm. know, I, we've talked before yeah. about when the Lord speaks, the best thing we could do is to stop whatever we are doing and listen. But it's provocative when Jesus asks a question. There's a whole nother nuance of he's speaking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm excited to dive into this, this next wave, if you will, with Awaken. 
to really uncover what's Jesus getting at. What's the thought process behind Jesus asking a question, let alone how normal that was in the Hebrew culture to use yeah. uh, answering a question with a question and things like mm. that. Yeah. Well, you speak of it as a wave, Mark, and if it's that, then it's one very big wave. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, in, in sacred scripture, there are uh, certain numbers that stand out. Uh, 40, right, uh, with respect to um, times of fasting and penance. Uh, the sure. number seven, the great uh, number of, of, of covenant with God. The number mm-hmm. three. Uh, the number 12, all these numbers stand out. But there's a series of numbers, Mark, that I don't know if they stand out as much. And, and they're important. And those numbers are, um, and we've already touched upon them, but uh, what, 307, uh, 183, and 3. And those numbers are uh, tied to the Lord's questions, right? Jesus asks 307 questions. That's extraordinary, Mark, when you really think about it. I haven't done it, but if you were to do a, a poll, um, just a, a pew poll, I don't think anyone would would have as many as 307 questions in the Gospels. And yet, right. 307 questions. He's asked 183 questions. Um, and what's really fascinating, and we'll really get into this down the road um, in this very big wave, <laughs> uh, is that he answers only uh, three times. Uh, he often answers a question with a question. So, for all of this, Mark, uh, in our conversations, what I thought we could do is is to, yeah, take up the reality of the why behind all of it, um, because it's so central to the gospel. You put an emphasis on this this title, Awaken. Um, what? <laughs> in relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? What awakens us more than the question, asking a question, and in particular, God asking us a question? So, with that, Mark, I thought what we could do is to maybe, for this first program, just kind of break it down a little bit. So, we won't necessarily get into um, Jesus' series of questions in the gospel today. We're going to start with that next week. We will get into some questions today for sure, that come to us in sacred scripture. Um, But I just thought maybe we can take a bird's eye view uh, on this topic to kind of get at the importance of uh, a question. So, with that, I think it's important to first look at, Mark, what that word means, right? Because so often, especially in contemporary society, we look at this word and we just tie it to doubt or disbelief, when in reality, the word itself actually means the opposite, right? The, the, the word question comes from the Latin questio, a questio, and it best translates, Mark, as a seeking, uh, a questioning, uh, where one is inquiring, examining. Uh, the questio even evokes this kind of investigation, if you will. Uh, and the idea in principle is that uh, you trust, Right? And so, in the contemporary sense, uh, you might define question as doubt, but in reality, this is a word that, again, means a seeking understanding, and one that has inside of it this great principle, uh, really act in virtue, as we've talked about it, of trust. And here, 
uh, uh, Mark, we go to sacred scripture because we have, I think, a beautiful illustration that helps us better understand what we're talking about. And this, of course, is uh, a kind of comparison and contrast, a juxtaposition between Zechariah and Mary. Yeah, in a leading Luke, from episode, Luke chapter one, yeah. Yes, Luke chapter one, and and be rest assured, Mark. <laughs> Luke wants us to see what we're going to explore right now because uh, the authors are very intentional, uh, strategic, I would dare say, in how they are writing so as to draw the reader in. So, in the leading episode of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, we read of the angel Gabriel's appearance to Zechariah with the news that his uh, wife Elizabeth is what? But pregnant, huh? So, Zechariah, in his response to this news that his wife was with child, was full of faith and confidence? No. Speculation and doubt, right? Consequently, we read in Luke 1 that Zechariah fell silent and was unable to speak until uh, his son was born, their son was born. Uh, Now, in a similar episode with the angel Gabriel, we have an announcement of extraordinary news right? Uh, This time to a poor Jewish girl. But in this case, the angel's announcement is more of of an angelic salutation, right? Hail, full of grace. We're talking about Mary's birthday. This is a very important verse to Mary's birthday. You know, hail, full of grace. So, unlike the event just verses earlier, Mark, that was filled filled with speculation and doubt, now we have a verse that suggests something else, Uh, Mary, while inquiring, how can this be since I have no husband, ultimately responds with a uh, meritorious yes and becomes the mother of God. So, whereas Zechariah was not predisposed to respond appropriately to the angel Gabriel, Mary's attitude of faith, if you will, Mark, predisposes her to respond with a a heroic yes. In other words, Mark, we can say quite simply that uh, like Zechariah, Mary asks a question of the angel regarding the fulfillment of the message, how can this be? Which, by the way, the better translation is uh, how will this be? That's why it's so important to get inside the text itself, Mark, and the Greek, because there's a difference. How can this be and how will this be? Those are two very different questions. And and in reality, the how will this be and some translate it, how shall this be, um, certainly gets more at the actual text. Um, So again, at first glance, it seems similar to Zechariah's question, how shall I know this, (laughs) right? But beneath the similarity in form, however, Mark lies a greater dissimilarity in attitude. So while Zachariah did not believe the words of the angel, Mary will be called blessed. You know, Father Mitch Pacwa once put it this way, Mark. Um, Zachariah wanted proof. Mary wanted instruction. <laughs> well, Joel, right? I, I want inter- to interject on that. And, and that's a great insight from Father Pacwa. Uh, you see these two, and you write to say this this great juxtaposition between Zachariah and Mary. And one of the things that strikes me is oftentimes, Joe, we approach Scripture looking through the lens of our sin, or we look 
we approach scripture through the lens of our own fault or leaning on our own understanding versus being informed and formed by scripture. You know, and I think, and I, I've done it myself. You know, I think sometimes we don't realize maybe the busyness of the day or whatever, wherever we are at in the day, and then we approach the word of God and we're, we're already approaching it with maybe not the attitude that we want and so, or that we should. And so just even as you talk about Mary and how she asks, how will this be done? You know, how shall this be done? I think it's important for our listeners, for myself, like she asks, there's almost with an innocence of a child. Like you said, it's not the doubt. It's not a questioning in the sense of lack of trust, but it's actually a question posed with great and utter trust. How, how, how would that be? How is that, yeah. you know, like, teach me. Like you said, show me. Yeah. And that's what's striking me, you know, and I was going to say it early on as you were sharing, Joe, is really, it's a, it's a great sign of hope for us. I think a great uh, directive for us that to approach not just the Word of God, but in, 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 as we approach prayer, and we talked all about that in regards to intercessory prayer before, but approaching the Word of God as a student, a disposition that's not only open, but in that complete trust, and, uh, and, and there's times in that trust there's going to be a surrender. And, and Zechariah was not surrendering that. You know, no. And yet it's also hopeful for us not to run ahead to apply too much, but in a certain sense, um, how many of us are the Zechariah? Yeah. But, you know, Zechariah wasn't mute for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know? no. So that, that gives us a certain sense of hope too. I just think that that's important. It's been important for me uh, and hopefully a nugget for our listeners as a sense of, you know, what we are called to, and maybe, maybe we find ourselves in Zechariah right now, um, but that doesn't mean that's where we have to end up. doesn't mean we can't continue to foster that trust, but keep going, because I loved your insight with Father yeah, Paco. No, yeah, no, Mark, I mean, just to, to add on to your point there, and it's a beautiful point, there's a little bit of um, Zechariah and Mary in all of us, Right, and I I think we we put those, and again, in, in, in contemporary images, um, the angel on our on our right and, and the devil on our left. You know, those two angels battling. You know, in our ears. You know, don't yeah. do this or do this. Don't do that or do that. Um, and really, we can distill that as as the Zachariah and, and Mary, and, and not that I'm equating oh, Zachariah with, with the devil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Yeah. Because you made the point that that um, he wasn't mute for his whole life, and, and that is a great hope. Yeah. Um, but we are dealing with a, a faithfulness, a, 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 a deeper personal entrustment, Mark. Because so often today, you know, we we ask questions to God, and, and are we really asking a question? We pose it as God, why would you do that? Well, that's not a question filled with seeking understanding, right? But one with filled with speculation yeah. and doubt. And, and so is what me. we Yeah. So what we want to emphasize here is that that interior attitude of faith that um, is ready and willing to, to take that leap, right? And, and to surrender. And we can do that by asking questions and in asking those questions, being able to go deeper into our, our relationship with God. Amen, Joe. Hey, and before we continue, we actually do need to take a break. And so when we come back, though, and Joe, just a, you know, a snippet from when we come back, um, we're going to dive deeper into like, the value of the question, the value of a statement and the answer, and to, mm-hmm. to answer a question with the question. Stay with us on Awaken. Don't go anywhere. 
We'll be right back with more after this short coffee break. You're listening to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. SMP Health System and our health care ministries in North Dakota will have new names on October 1st. It's all part of a rebranding effort to reinforce our identity and common mission to provide compassionate and personal care in the Catholic tradition, as was begun in North Dakota by the Sisters of Mary of the Presentation over 100 years ago. For more information, you can visit our website at smphs.org or find us on Facebook. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Need some inspiration or rejuvenation? Real Presence Radio's Fall Awaken Live Drive will be just the thing for you. Join us September 15th through the 17th for stories that will inspire and a chance to hear how Real Presence Radio is working in spreading faith and hope throughout the Midwest. Tune in September 15th through the 17th for the Fall Awaken Live Drive right here on Real Presence Radio. Welcome back to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more lively, faith-filled conversation with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Thank you for joining us this morning on Awaken. Wednesday, September 8th, we're enjoying the fruits and gifts of uh, Our Lady's Nativity today. Um, Joe, as we were coming in, you may have noticed uh, the quick... uh, 30 second spot talking about our fall our fall live drive coming up and so sure. we're excited and you may have even heard the word they, they called it uh the awaken live drive um because our show is that cool no that's not <laughs> no uh awaken been the theme so, oh, go ahead so mark right now do you have a shirt that says i'm that important <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh lord have mercy no <laughs> yeah. exactly just put me in my place thanks joe uh, no, it's, uh, that's been the theme of our year. And so that's, what's been in, you know, so interesting. We've taken the theme of awaken for the year for real presence radio. Um, and it was kind of out of that, as you and I were praying about this show, um, the word awaken and that theme was really, um, just, it stayed with me for the show. It's like, I think, I think we just need to stick with this with awaken. So, as we are in this year's theme of Awaken for Real Presence Radio. Yep, great. You know, we'll, we'll stay with that. And then come 2022, uh, we're just going to pray into what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us as far as the theme. But then obviously our, the show that we get to be doing now will sustain the title Awaken. Uh, total tangent. But, you know, as I heard the fall live, drive, no. I was like, yeah, that's right. Sure, yeah, um, no. Always kind of good to go back to uh, the beginning in that regard. 
Um, of course. So for our listeners, uh, I hope you're able to join us September 15th to the 17th with our uh, fall live drive. One of our two major fundraisers as far as the, the live, one of the two live drives that we do. Um, but to go from this to and Jesus asked questions. <laughs> Not going to even try to make that transition. Um, but Joe, um, you were sharing just even briefly uh, on the break about just um, when Jesus comes, sometimes the, the, question, the difference between a question and a statement, but how sometimes that statement is just as thought-provoking. And I just wanted to pick up there a little bit. Yeah, so the, the question, speaking of, of questions that, that I might put before you, Mark, and our listening audience, and we'll just keep it simple, is what is the difference between, say, these two statements? As a Christian, you need to look beyond yourself uh, versus as a Christian, how can you look beyond yourself, right? In the first, you have what but a statement, and, and certainly one that I'm sure is true for all of us. We need to be better about looking beyond ourselves. We shouldn't be so stuck in our world and our, yes. our ego drama, but enter into the theodrama. Yes. Um, don't worry, Mark, you're still important. <laughs> <laughs> no, but amen, though. The, the ego yeah. drama is what rules too often. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so, so there's that, that statement, you know, get over yourself, look beyond yourself, versus, versus how can you look beyond yourself? So, what is taking place? Well, I think, Mark, in the first, you're going to receive that as, well, <laughs> pending tone and reflection, right? Maybe a criticism yeah, that right. can certainly lend itself to frustration, anger, and even, in some cases, depression, uh, in my experience of spiritual direction, um, versus the other, right? As a Christian, how can you look beyond yourself, you know, that is ordered to an invitation. And something else, Mark, that all questions are ordered to. And it is why Jesus asks questions. Uh, critical reflection, right? Critical reflection. Because you're not so much focused on the getting over yourself or beyond yourself in as much as, as the question is posited, how can you look beyond yourself? always done in the right tone and reflection. You're focusing on the how, yeah. right? The, the, the how. And this is important, Mark, because inside of the how, which becomes then the question, right, you have the invitation uh, to critically reflect, uh, the invitatio. It is, in the Latin, the invitatio or the invitare, Mark, it is, um, it is a summoning forth. It, but it's interesting Invitare specifically means to be pleasant, uh, to be pleasant. So this 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 summoning forth, uh, but but one that is done with this kind of, if not pleasant tone, pleasant language, body language, right now. What's really interesting about this is underneath this pleasant summoning, if you will, is a challenge. Uh, the word invitatio also translates as challenge. Why, why and, and how can a word mean a pleasant summoning and also a challenge? Well, because the invitation is going to draw you out from one place into another. And, and hopefully, by God's goodness and by, by God's grace, this will be a, a good and healthy challenge. Challenges are opportunities, Mark. Opportunities in the faith life to become, uh, you know, 
uh, more of who God is calling us to be. Um, and so, underneath something so simple as, you know, you need to look beyond yourself and how can you look beyond yourself? What one discovers is um, a chasm of difference because one is can be received as a, a coercing, a browbeating, um, and the other is not a uh, imposition, but a proposition, an invitation. Um, and, and this, among other reasons, is why our Lord asks questions and why God asks questions. I mean, Mark, <laughs> what's the first question in the Old Testament? We talked about this in, in a yeah. past, episode, past where, episode. Where are you? Yeah, where are you? God's not playing hide-and-seek with Adam. It's not like he, he lost his whereabouts. No, it's an invitation to come out from one place into another, which first and foremost is uh, forgiveness and reconciliation, right, with himself. Well, and so, Joe, I want, I yeah, want to ahead. jump in here because I, um, and it's, still, it's playing a little bit on the word when you started to break open the word invitation and you the Latin uh, translation, if you will, the etymology of it coming from invitare to challenge. What's striking to me, one of the things that I loved about Latin when I took it was the etymology of the words, you know, uh, hmm. and, and you, you hear the breakdown because all of a sudden within these words, there was just a whole new life. There was a life to it. And that's, you yeah. break down the word invitation. The challenge, you know, we can leave it there. It's almost uh, stale or stagnant if we just leave it there, like it, that it translates to challenge. Like, okay, but there's, there's, there's almost a kind of relationship with it because the word challenge, but who is that challenge coming from? Uh, you know, what I've, when I, in the word invitation, one of the things I had learned about it as far as, okay, you break it open, what's the Latin translation? But it's the challenge coming from someone. It's a summon. It's a summoning or it's a summon. And so mm-hmm. as I kind of dig into that deeper context uh, of what you were just describing, it's also tied to, and who's that summoning, that challenge coming from, that question. So the question is an invitation. The question is a challenge. Um, and in this case, of course, you know, I was thinking about this, and then you come back to that first question from God, you know, where are you? But that, that invitation, by virtue of the question, is tied to the summoning, the who that challenge or question is coming from. Too, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and so yeah. there's just there's layers to it, and that's so it's so exciting. And Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hopefully build on this a little bit. <laughs> you know, we were talking sure. a little bit. You know that that analogy that I was sharing with you is coming to mind too. You know, as a Christian, you need to look beyond yourself. Versus, as a Christian, how can you look beyond yourself? You know, just changing the words around also changes the disposition of the question, the invitation. The challenge, you know, when I read that, and when you and I were talking about this, Joe, one of the things that came to mind was, you know, analogous to when a coach is coaching up their team, right? Whether it's a basketball court, football game, and I was at a football game last night. Uh, Occasionally, uh, you hear, and I don't know that I heard it last night, but you really, you see it all the time. Uh, Coaches, in their frustration, maybe your players Mm -hmm. didn't do what you just told them to do, um, but we all see parents, parents do it all the time. I'm... I am one right there in the mix. It's something to work on. You yell out the most obvious thing, right? What are you doing? You know, yeah, don't yeah. turn the ball over. You know, why did you yeah, throw it? Don't yeah. throw the interception. You, you know, you yell whatever it is. And you really you just, you're like, what was the point of that? Like, obviously, in your frustration, you say it. A coach said, you see, the coaches do it all the time. 
in a certain sense, they point out the obvious that the player, for the most part, is well aware of. You know, and so what it is is it's actually more damaging than it is good. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. if you have a coach saying, "Hey, I saw you did this. This is what you would want to do. you would like to you would want to approach it this way." Yeah, he's showing yeah. the how. He's demonstrating mm-hmm. the how. He's you know, and so this. What I'm finding is Joe, as you're breaking this open, there really are ways to apply this. We see these mm-hmm. things every day. And I just yeah. think that's important for our listeners. It's not just theoretical we're talking about. It's not just for the, the, the beautiful morning reflections. I, ho- I hope it is for our listeners. It is for me. But then also to start to ponder, where do we see this? It's very present yeah. in our everyday. Um, so please, Joe, again, <laughs> please keep going. Yeah. Well, and, and just to piggyback um, on that point, Mark, and this brings us back right back to the Garden of Eden, but it's like, uh, you, you know, <laughs> God did not say to Adam and Eve, get out here right now. You know, <laughs> it was, where are you? You know, as parents, yeah, um, yeah. how many times have we said, get up here right now, you know? Um, why or, did you do that? Da, or how da, da. often did we hear it? <laughs> yeah, know? well, both, well I wasn't going to go there, Mark, but you no, just... <laughs> no, but, it, yeah. but in, in yeah. honesty, and sure. it's, it's so important for our yeah, adults to acknowledge, like, as parents, yes, yeah. oh, but then yeah. as a child, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, are, are, are we screaming at our kids like we've been screamed at, or are, are we going to, to learn the lesson um, as parents and, you know, c- call our kids up, ask them what happened... And as we do ask them what happened, making sure we're doing, and this can be never undervalued, Mark, in as pleasant as a tone as we can. Now, let's be real. When you get angry, it's hard to be pleasant. But but God does teach us something in the garden. In the cool of the day, right, did he summon in uh, a gentle voice, Adam, where are you? You know, and, and this is, as parents, this is what we need to learn. Um, with our own kids, engaging them with all the right questions and all the right tones. Yes, we will get frustrated and, and we will get angry from time to time. But, you know, we have to remember, Mark, anger is a capital sin. And, and we need to work on that. You've mm-hmm. heard me say before, the most under underestimated capital sin is anger. We just It's like we justify it all the time. No, well, we can't. Joe, I think, I think you, and this is a shout out to, I think you gave us a new word earlier today, by the way, frustranger. You pulled out frustranger yeah. earlier. And I was like, I wrote that down. Like, we got to remember that. <laughs> so for those who are not sure, like, well, what, is frustranger a capital sin? Like, well, we could say we're teetering on it. You're teetering on it. That's yeah, your caution that's line. Right. <laughs> so, that's right. But you're, but you're right. You're talking about, you're talking about etymology earlier. Is that, um, but, but you're right, though. And, and it is, it's, uh, and it's so, Joe, when I was in youth ministry, um, over the years, I was in youth ministry for 20 plus years. More and more over the years, if there was something I heard from young people they were asking prayers for, is they were so angry. Yeah. They were so angry yeah. and you know, for all kinds of reasons. But and yet to be reminded, it is a capital sin. And we don't point that out obviously in condemnation, but then to ask the question, well, why are you angry? <laughs> you know? And and yeah, and Mark, what what counters anger? Gentleness. What is mm. what is the spiritual fruit that disarms anger? gentleness yeah people people look at gentleness as like this weak virtue or weak fruit of the spirit when in reality i would suggest to you i dare say 
that it is um, one of the great strengths uh, in the life of virtue and, and in the life of the spirit. Because Absolutely. ultimately, as we speak to this underestimated capital sin, uh, what is equally un- underestimated then is, is gentleness. Um, being pleasant, Mark. Um, and and it, it's not just uh, why are we dwelling on this is because, well, to be pleasant is part of the invitation with respect to um, the, the question, right? And we can never lose sight of that um, as we draw this out in very practical matters. Uh, our Lord was pleasant. You know, Adam, where are you? You know, you can only imagine the, the, the gentleness, the, um, the, the profound invitation uh, that, that led him to, to come out, out from this place of darkness and into a place of light. Uh, this is, is what's underneath, um, you know, our, our Lord's questions in the gospel that we're going to underscore. Uh, and Mark, if I may, with our remaining time, and I don't, we, have, we don't have much time left, but um, if God asks, where are you? We need to then give a nod to the first question we read in the New Testament, right? And it's kind of the movement from the old to the new, and it's it's the where is he, right? The magi. Um, if there's a movement out from and into something, um, that is what's seen in the New Testament with the magi. The magi representing, of course, the, the Gentile nations, those who did not belong to covenant life with God. Well, in God's grace— and life of baptism, now all peoples are, are called into this covenant relationship with God. And so, we are all made to ask the question now, uh, where is He? <laughs> Be rest assured, God is searching out our hearts, and He's knocking on the door of our hearts, and we need to open our hearts um, so that we might find Him as we ask the question, uh, where is He? When right. Joe and this, there's a in what does the word Emmanuel mean? But God with us, and so we ask, mm. where is He? He's with us. Yeah, you yes. know, I, gosh, I'm loving the parallel you just pulled. You know, where are you in the Old Testament? The first question, to then the ne- the first question in the New Testament, where is He? Um, a, a beautiful connection. Uh, and then, so then, in time, what came to my mind immediately is r- right there in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. Then we, we see, in, you know, what's in a name? We ask, what's in a question? Well, and what's yeah. in a name? Emmanuel, God is with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so intriguing. And this is the beauty. There's so many connections we can make, Joe. Mm. There's so many layers. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean, I just throw this out for our listeners, I think a lot of times <laughs> we maybe become too critical of prayer. Well, I didn't get all this. I didn't get all that. Then maybe I'm not as good in prayer. No, that's not it at all. That's the, the beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit is to meet us where we are at to accompany us, you know. Mm-hmm. And for all of us, we are in such different places. Uh, again, you know, I, I have to say, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the movie Shrek, but there is one line that just keeps coming. <laughs> and it's the whole, you know, layers, layers, donkey. You know, there's, yeah, there's yeah. layers to it, you know. Um, yeah. In that regard, and, and I think that's. And even that, you know, how often, Joe, are we pulling out maybe a little mo- movie quote or a little quote from a oh, song here and there? Gosh, yeah. It's, it's a part of our vernacular. It's a part of the vernacular yeah. of people today. Um, but then we need to Christianize it, you mm-hmm. know, and make connections. We can't deny the experiences we had, per se. doesn't mean we have to lift up maybe those, some of those experiences that were uh, not good. But at the same time, if it's a part of our vernacular, the Holy Spirit wants to baptize those things. Sure. 
Sure. Anyway. Yeah, well said. Um, well, Mark, as we close out to break, what I might leave your listeners with is in that question, where is he? I, I think it, it should be accompanied with another question as we encounter one another. You know, who are you to me? Because there we will find, if we ask that question in faith, Jesus Christ, you know, uh, where is he? Well, ask the question you, to the person you're speaking with, who are you to me? You know, uh, God desires to speak to you and, and encounter you in, in all that we um, do and say. When we come back to Awaken, we will tap into that final question, who are you to me? Stay with us. You've made the right choice to listen to Awaken. Stay with us. There's much more to come after this short break. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Real Presence Radio is there for me when I have a question. Every time I have had a question and I've listened to one of the talk shows, the dialogue is always the answer. It's right there. It's speaking to me. I don't have to go any further. I don't have to question. It's the answers are there. And I love the Divine Mercy Chaplet that that is a very powerful prayer that speaks to me, and I, I absolutely have to listen to that. It's, it's part of my day. It has to be. Real Presence Radio speaks the truth, and it speaks to me. It speaks to Catholics all over and non-Catholics, and I absolutely would be lost without it. On October 1st, SMP Health System and our healthcare ministries in North Dakota are changing our names to better reflect our Catholic identity and our unity as a healthcare system. We will continue to provide the same compassionate and personal care to our patients and residents in the spirit of the Sisters of Mary of the Presentation, whose first hospital in North Dakota opened over 100 years ago. Visit us at smphs.org for more information. Thanks for starting your day with us. Now, back to more Awaken, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Welcome back to Awaken with Mark Holcraft and Dr. Joseph Holcraft. We are discussing what's in a question. And this has been the beginning of what I refer to as a wave. And as Joe's talked, I think we could say it's a tidal wave, Joe. <laughs> Something like that. Just, yeah. <laughs> just uh, and, and by that, the context being, you know, in our first 10 episodes, we discussed prayer, in particular intercessory prayer. And now we're venturing into the beginning of exploring the questions that, that Jesus asked in the Gospels. You know, he asked 307 questions. He was asked 183 questions, but he only gave three answers. And so we're, we're starting to explore that. This is very exciting because uh, there's just layers to so much of it. Um, but Joe, I know you wanted to uh, kind of round out where we left off right before the break, uh, the question, who are you to me? 
Uh, so please do. Yeah. So as as I do, Mark, I just wanted to also just maybe hit the key points to what we've talked about already. So when we when we think about what a question is, uh, so often today we look at it and we just we we put it into this category of doubt. When in reality. What it's about is a seeking of an understanding. Uh, even theology itself, Mark, uh, fides corns intellectum, that classic definition of theology is faith seeking understanding. So theology is to question. Right? Yeah. So often today, we're told what to think as opposed to taught how to think. Um, theology um, deals with questions because it's it's the pursuit of truth. It's it's the pursuit of understanding something outside of us, right? Uh, and so we we looked at that, and we you know we considered Zechariah and Mary, and, and then maybe if that's the theology, we touched upon some philosophical aspects of it. The, the why this, you know, when you ask a question, inherent inside the question is an invitation that leads to. A critical thinking, the application of reason, right? Logic is the instrument to reason. If you're asked, you know, the the who, what, why, where, when, why, how, all that, um, you're going to you're going to be made to to think critically about what you're being asked about, right? So there's a taking ownership of, uh, and that's very important. God didn't lose Adam and Eve in the garden when he when he asked where they were. But he wanted to draw them out. He wanted them to take ownership of their wrongdoing, um, that God might see them, right? And that they might see God. Well, God saw them already. He knows them. But this is more for Adam and Eve, that they might see God. Amen, and, uh, Joe. Amen. You know, there, Mark, when we were closing, as we were applying it practically, you know, we were reflecting into the where is he? This, you know, this this new question in the New Testament, where is he? We've received the gift of the Holy Spirit to to find him and to discover him and to abide in him. Um, well, we do that certainly first and foremost in the sacramental life. But as we do, um, we go out from, say, the Mass and, and confession and and we encounter one another. And we have to ask that, that question, who are you to me? Um when a homeless person comes up to us and asks us for whatever is asked from us, whether it be money, food, um, maybe it's, it's shelter, we have to ask the question, who are you to me? Well, the answer, Jesus has already told us, you know, um, because it's him. It's him. And, and so as we, as we ask the question, um, just not where are you, but where is he? Let us also ask, who are you to me? Um, because inside of that question, I think we'll dis- discover something, something special. Uh, <laughs> a question, and here's our segue, Mark, <laughs> a question that certainly Thomas Aquinas asked. This is our saint of, 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 uh, of our program that was, that was today. Smooth. Absolutely. Because, <laughs> because there is no one saint in the history of the church that inquired into that question more than Aquinas, at least in writing, right? At least in writing. Who are you to me? You know, and so he he dealt with that question and many questions. But go ahead, Mark. I know we were, you're going to touch upon yeah, some of his no, it, bio piece. It really is a great transition because this is, Joe, this is one of the reasons of one of his titles, huh? The Angelic Doctor. You know, he, you know, he was in that... 
I love how some of our saints they have these <laughs> they have these titles, of course, you know, and again, tapping into pop culture. Uh, but dated, you know, I think of Rocky, you know, of course, you, the beginning of one of their fights, they have all these titles of how good they were. But holy smokes, if your title is the angelic doctor, that's yeah. awesome, you yeah. know? And yeah. so, but part of that reason is because of his writings and how articulate he was, um, so sharp. Uh, so Thomas Aquinas, born in 1225 and died in 1274, so 48, 49 years old. He was an Italian Dominican friar. Uh, okay, so, so Mark, let's let let me stop you there. Can we call Aquinas the Italian stallion? Yes, we. You just, I think because you 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 you, <laughs> you you brought up Rocky. <laughs> I did, I did, and I love it. You know, and you can't tell me Rocky if he if he knew about if he knew about uh, Thomas Aquinas, he'd be asking for his intercession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. um, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I couldn't. I, couldn't I, I love it. Ask. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, but with, so with back to Thomas Aquinas. Um, known as a philosopher, theologian. Uh, he was also uh, a, a jurist, uh, equivalent to a canon lawyer, if you will. Um, incredibly intelligent. Uh, what you love to see, he's a patron saint of Catholic colleges and universities. So as mm-hmm. you know, we begin the school year right now, I think it would be very appropriate to be asking Thomas Aquinas to seek, and, seek his intercession for all of our students, not just those going to Catholic schools. Uh, yeah. Also... Uh, patron to educators and teachers uh, for those of us sending our kids to school and we homeschool our kids. So, you know, I pray for our kids' teacher every day. (laughs) Um, But certainly for the students, we need to be praying for their teachers. He's the patron of philosophers, theologians, uh, and the patron of students. So obviously this emphasis centering around education. Um, Thomas Aquinas is at the forefront of education, Catholic education to this day. You know, and Joe, you know, him being the, the patron to theologians, philosophers, teachers, and you were making a point of uh, really diving into the theology behind these questions of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, one of, but part of, you know, Thomas Aquinas is not a saint because of those things, though they certainly were fruits of a great intellect. Uh, he was a holy man. And so Thomas Aquinas, one of the things he does for us is he shows us um, you can't have the theology without the prayer. And I think that's so important. Mm. As you were talking earlier, Joe, we can dive deep into the theology, but if that theology is not accompanied, not, not least of which really mired in prayer, mm. Mm. then we, we're going to fall on our face. We're not going to really understand uh, that deeper study of God. I mean, the most basic definition of theology, right? And so... Um, yeah, that's something that Thomas Aquinas shows us, and we see that. So it's not just that he was an intellect, but you start to dive into his writings. Most notable for Thomas Aquinas is the Summa, right? The Summa mm-hmm. Theologica. Uh, as he dives into that, you start to see that this is a man of deep faith. It wasn't mm-hmm. just that he had that in- intellect or that he could talk and had, had great wit. You could be incredibly witty, but not be grounded. And this is not what we see with Thomas Aquinas, Joe. No, and Mark, you're making an excellent point there. So, yeah, I mean, St. Thomas Aquinas is is um, very popular because of his writing, no doubt. You know, the Summa Theologica, the, which means, by the way, just summary of theology. Uh, certainly relevant to our discussion today because inside of the Summa, 
which he breaks down and, and questions parts and articles. Uh, there's three parts to the Summa. Uh, incidentally, while there's 614 questions, those are more topics. He subdivides the 614 questions into over 3,100 articles, and the articles are the more specific questions. So, for example, uh, you know, question one would be the existence of God. The the articles would be, you know, whether the the existence of God is self evident, whether it can be demonstrated that God exists, so on and so forth. So there's, so there's uh, again, you have over 3,100 actual questions. So he certainly fits the narrative. But Mark, you touched upon something I think that's very important, um, and and it, and for me, it goes to the use of Aquinas's uh, uh, the way Aquinas would use the word fitting in the Summa. Um, he would often use the word fitting to speak of what is harmonious in philosophy and theology. Um, and and he, he, uh, he would use it intentionally all throughout the, 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 the Summa um, to highlight what was harmonious and beautiful when one truth was seen in light of the other. So when St. Thomas writes in the Summa Mark, it is fitting, he is saying isn't this beautiful? Right? Don't these connections evoke wonder within you? And, you know, today we use the word fitting in the more subjective sense. Um, if you like it, wear it, right? So on and so right, forth. Right. But for St. Thomas, it was more about the ability to see an objective truth and discern in contemplation what is fitting. Okay, so, um, which is to say then, Mark, uh, yeah, one can see things objectively, but when Thomas Aquinas uses the word, it is fitting, that's a cue. He's just received insight <laughs> out from prayer, and he, he wants you to see what is fitting. Ah, what is, what is beautiful, right? So, th- it, it, there's this harmony between philosophy, theology, between what is objective and, and subjective, um, between what is a true good and beautiful and how that plays itself out in one's life uh, in virtue, right? One's one's life of virtue. And so, yes, we can talk about his questions, his articles, and his treatises all day long, and they're so rich, Mark. But (laughs) when Thomas Aquinas says it is fitting, what he wants us to see is that there is relevance to all of this doctrine, and it's about our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, because doctrine, again, isn't about something, uh, but someone. Go ahead. Amen to that, Joe. No, amen to that. And that was, what you're saying is so key. You know, as you were talking, you know, one of the reasons I think Thomas Aquinas is a man for our times is the connection he makes to faith and reason. You know, he, he draws out this beautiful connection of faith and reason, which, you know, you look in our world today, one could say, well, that's been lost. Well, maybe it's been lost. You know, there's all kinds of things that could be said about that. But for us, if it is lost, then let's reclaim it. You know, just as God was walking into the garden, he did not lose Adam and Eve. Yeah. Um, and what does he do? But he asked the question, just as we were exploring earlier, he asked the question, to further express the relationship of who he is to Adam and Eve, let alone to invite them. Uh, and of course, for them to encounter their wrongdoing. <laughs> you know, God is going to uh, 
he's going to discuss the, the elephant in the room, if you will, the elephant in the mm-hmm. living room. And yeah. with Adam yeah. and Eve, he's not going to avoid it. But he does it, as you spoke of well earlier, Joe, with gentleness. And I love the word you used earlier, disarming, to disarm, how it disarms. You know, in that, in that case, we were talking in regards to the context of anger. But in this case, we, the context of faith and reason in our time, you know, we need to reclaim that. How do we reclaim that, Joe? I, I would suggest, well, one, to come to know our faith, to know our faith better, uh, to study it. Study Thomas Aquinas. Um, he wasn't just a great writer, uh, philosopher. He wrote music, too. Uh, so he, I mean, you, you writing music, you're, you're tapping into a whole different part of the brain. It's not going to be yeah. just an intellect, if you will. And yeah. so, you know, some would say, you, you can say, you can tap into that artsy side, well, fine. But then you're expressing something deeper. You know, yeah. there's more there. And, you know, uh, I think one of the most well-known songs Thomas Aquinas has wrote, noted for is uh, Pange- Pangea Lingua, I think. I'm, I think I just shattered the uh, yeah. pronunciation of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but again, you, you read that song, that prayer, you get an insight into what stirs in the heart of Thomas Aquinas um, and how it still is. It's a great hymn for us today, you know, because well, it stirs it, the hearts it, today. It does, and and something to be mindful of as we're talking about this, Mark, is that uh, he was a man of of he was a very practical man, but at the same time there was this mysticism to him. Right at the end of his life, he's writing on the Eucharist, and uh, he wasn't satisfied with with what he was writing, and so he he put the text be, before our Lord in his cell at the the base of his feet, and he's praying, and he's kind of disappointed, and. Of course, this is the famous, you know, encounter he had with Jesus. When when Jesus, he hears, as the story goes, he hears our Lord say to him, you know, you have written well of me, Thomas. He wanted to assure Thomas, you have written well of me, Thomas. What would you have as your reward? And he says, nothing if not you, Lord. Nothing if not you, Lord. And so, um, here's a man who has just deliberated on over 3,100 questions, and he, he's left with, He's him to himself was asked a question, right? Yeah. <laughs> and what he came to discover, Mark, is that is that the answer is capital A, and it's the presence of God. The presence of God is the answer. And so anytime we're asked a question about God, we need to bring the presence of God to what we say. And as we do, we will carry that question into that space that we all desire, the space that is being in relationship with God. Let's conclude. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. This has been Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Awaken comes to you every second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Want to listen to the show again? You can find the podcast any time of the day or night on our website at realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or on the Real Presence Radio app in the podcast section. Again, that's realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or in the free Real Presence Radio app. Be sure to join us again next time for more Awaken with Mark and Dr. Joe Hullcraft.